1: To the official SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. This is week 11 preview. I'm your host, Alex, joined by my lovely co host, Whole Smash. What's up?
2: Hey, Alex, how's it going? You doing okay? I'm excited to be on the official SEC Slow Smoke Podcast, not to be confused with all the unofficial ones out there.
1: It is, it is tough. I have to tell people every day that no, that's not the official one. If it's the official one, I'll let you know it's official. Also, joined by my other lovely co-host mr debbie brooks debbie
3: i'm doing pretty well alex i just had chick-fil-a for lunch or actually not for lunch but dinner
0: (laughs) (laughs) and uh
1: after having chick-fil-a i do think it's better than popeyes debbie you been drinking yet no not yet all right still early i went to chick-fil-a yesterday but i was gonna go to popeyes but the line is still too long here in Atlanta to go to Popeye's. It wasn't to the streets, but it was busier than Chick-fil-A, if that tells you anything. It probably wasn't busier. It was probably just slower. Yeah, you know their chicken wasn't ready. No,
3: is that... Now, if you see a long line at Popeye's, it's not because they're busy. It's because they're slow.
2: The question if... is, are you willing to stab somebody for a chicken sandwich? I don't know if it's – is it too soon for
1: that joke? Because, like, it's it's kind of
2: – I mean, I just made
1: it. Yeah.
3: I mean, I, I'm sure you've seen videos of, like, this one dude that got pulled out of his truck because he was cutting in line
1: in the drive-thru. Well, I haven't seen the video of that one, but I
2: definitely – All you to- have to do is get on Twitter and search Popeyes, and, like, there's, like, 50 videos out right now people just doing dumb shit at Popeyes for a sandwich. They don't know KFC
1: has a uh, chicken sandwich, too. Why don't, why don't we, like, spread the love around and go to KFC for their new chicken sandwich? I mean, maybe it's just it's KFC. I guess that's the answer.
2: Alex, please don't ever say that again. (laughs) I just,
1: I'm just letting you know. I saw a commercial for KFC last night or today, actually tonight, and it looks like uh, it looks pretty good on TV. Wasn't wasn't that one of the bets if like Mississippi State lost the game last year that uh, you had to eat like a bucket of KFC?
2: No, it was uh, the Tennessee South Carolina game. And who South
1: Carolina won? Who won the bet, though? It was, even, was uh, yeah yeah. JB, JB did get did, – he did get wall fouls, but I don't know if it was with us. I, you did at one point, I know. I don't know if that was part of the bet, though, if that was just for fun. It was part of the bet. Yeah. Well, there is week 11 coming up, so I guess we should talk about that a little bit. Uh, before we get into that, though, the first official – not unofficial, but the official college football playoff ranking came out. Um, I don't get so hyped about the first – Week of rankings, but some people to get worked up. Holt, were you uh, were you mad that Mississippi State wasn't number four?
2: A little bit, yeah. I mean, uh, obviously coming off of a very dominant performance against Arkansas, I mean, I definitely thought that Mississippi State had an opportunity to be one of the top four teams in the country. Uh, but luckily, this one didn't matter, and we still have a you know um, few more. Coming up, we got a tough matchup with bye this week, so hopefully we can escape that without a loss. And then uh, maybe next week we'll be be in that top four after either Alabama or LSU knocks knocks the other one out.
1: J.B., are you in the minority thinking that Penn State could figure out a way to get into the (laughs) top four? I mean, they're they're in the top four now, but I'm saying by the end of the year, either beat Ohio State or lose one game to Ohio State and still get in.
3: Uh, Yeah, let's be honest with each other. They have a better resume than Alabama, and they have an opportunity to build up the resume more the rest of the season than Alabama does too. I mean, I think Alabama the pressure is really on them this week. I think if Alabama loses to uh, LSU and doesn't go to, the, to Atlanta, I think Alabama's going to be left out of the playoffs just because of the resume. And I mean, that's just I think that's really what the the committee looks at is your body of work and not the eye test. I mean, absolutely Alabama's one of the top four best teams, but their body of work and it's not their fault, it's just the schedule that they have been handed this year. It hasn't been as strong as, you know, recent years. And if they lose to LSU, they might be paying
1: for it. Penn State, if they go 11-1, and they would have beaten Iowa, number 17 Iowa, number 16 Michigan, number 17 Minnesota. Uh, those are your three top 25 wins, and they would lose to Ohio State. Alabama, on the other hand, would beat Auburn, A&M, and um, who else? I mean, that's about it, right? Duke. Duke, Duke, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like,
3: Alabama needs this win against LSU a lot more than LSU does. Like, if LSU were to lose and win out,
1: they still have a decent shot of of making it in through the top four. Is this all the more reason to um, root against Alabama this week?
2: I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't really need a lot of reasons to root against Alabama. But, um, you know, I mean – I think, like, we're kind of in a position, like, kind of like J.B. said, where, I mean, if Alabama needs to win this game, I mean, they need it more than LSU does, yeah. um, you know, and I think they're going to do whatever they have to do to try to get the win on Saturday because I think they know that because if they don't finish the season undefeated, then I think it's going to be really hard for them to, uh, to get in with the schedule, you know, like, like we're saying.
1: J.B., why did we go
2: through this whole charade of whether Tua was going to play in this game or not?
1: I feel like everybody knew he was going to play in this game.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Too was going to play. Even if he was like just over fifty percent, he was still going to trot out there and give it a go. I mean, it, it's the big game, biggest game of the year, and it's a must-win game for Alabama, too. I mean, let's just let's just be frank. If Mac Jones was starting quarterback this Saturday, I mean, they, Alabama would be. I don't, I don't know if I say big underdogs, but they would definitely be the underdogs at home if Mac
1: Jones is your starter. I don't know. You call me crazy, but I still think they could maybe beat LSU even with Mac Jones. I just feel like they would figure out a way to beat lsu well
3: with saving there's always a way true
2: i don't know if y'all heard this too but there's been a lot of hype this week that like dave aranda has been like holding like all this stuff back like all year and he's run like a really basic defense and he's got like all these like like crazy stuff that he's put into his defense that album hasn't seen yet like have y'all been hearing that no is that possible for a defensive coordinator? I I can understand as an no. offensive coordinator, like you have I two mean, plays, but that's just what everybody's been saying. I mean, I don't know. Like, I know Michael Divinity was dismissed from the team as well, the star linebacker for LSU. Like during Alabama week, that's pretty, uh, pretty crazy. But um, yeah. I mean, that, I've heard it like from a few different people that um, you know, are they LSU people? Well, I mean, they're like, I think they're like LSU players and coaches and stuff. Yeah, that's not good. They're like they basically been saying that like. They've been like really basic on defense all year, and they got like Aranda's put in a lot of stuff like during the season that they haven't used in games yet. Which I mean, I believe because they haven't really had to, you know, do a lot on defense. But it's still deep. I mean, offensive trip. Yeah, the,
3: the main game that really challenged LSU's defense was the Texas game. Other than that, I mean, in LSU the game and Vanderbilt maybe for about three quarters. But but this, as far this- like as far as a game where they had to play the entire game and.
1: You know, really have to bring out the effort. It was a Texas game. Other than that, I mean, LSU's,
3: you know, been able to handle their own on defense. Well,
1: they still scored like forty points on Texas, though, right? Yeah, they just they outscored Texas in that game. Well, no shit, Javi. They won.
3: I know well it's the obvious, like, it, but what I'm saying that's how they had to win. They had to outscore Texas
1: because <laughs> they weren't stopping them.
2: Yeah, it is uh, breaking news that you do have to outscore the team yeah. to to get the win.
1: Whole smash. Uh, the winning quarterback of LSU Alabama will be the Heisman. True or false? Uh,
2: I'm going to say false, um, unless it's Joe Burrow. Um, I think that Tua could definitely like, you know, become the favorite with a big win. But um, I, I just feel like Burrow, number one. I mean, if you if if LSU wins this game, Burrow is definitely the favorite. But I mean, I still think you got to give a lot of, you know praise the Justin Field I think he's he's going to be like right up there um and you know there's still some other players out there in the country so I don't want to say like for sure but I would say if LSU wins I feel pretty confident in Joe Burrow but if Alabama wins I feel like people are still looking for reasons to tear down Tua um I don't really know why it's just because he's like been so good um I was about to
1: say, yeah, they, any, if if this was his first year of being really good, then they, people would just not even think twice about making him a
2: Heisman leading candidate because I mean, his numbers are still unreal. I'm going to read your Well, that's just how how it was last year. I mean, he kind of came up and was, you know, the heavy favorite, like all season long. I mean, he was just like, um, you know, number one by far. And then over the course of the season, everyone just tries to find reasons to tear him down and build up the other candidates. You know what I mean? And that's just. Usually how it goes. So, um, you know, everybody knows who he is. He's boring. Everyone's already seen him. Everyone already knows how good he is, and people want something new. Yeah.
1: It will be a fun game in Tuscaloosa Saturday. Good weather coming Saturday. 60 degrees and no rain. So, that's that's always good news. No night game, though, so that's a little sad. But it will be the CBS prime time game. Um, Other games. Hold, are you more excited about the App State-South Carolina game or the
2: Tennessee-Kentucky game? Those are actually two pretty exciting matchups that could really go either way. Um, I'm pretty excited for the Tennessee. Um, I just like, you know, Tennessee was able to get a big win over Kentucky last year. Um, kind of surprised a lot of people. And, uh, you know, I think Kentucky might be out for revenge a little bit. Um, they usually struggle with Tennessee. Um And Tennessee's coming off a couple good wins in a row. I feel like Tennessee's defense has really come together uh, these last few weeks um, and really started to play really as a unit, more looking like what Jeremy Pruitt wants his defense to look like. Um, So that's definitely good to see. And, uh, you know, obviously Kentucky with their problems on offense, you know, with the injured quarterbacks and all that, you know, it'll be interesting to see what kind of a game plan they can put together uh, coming off the bye week. JB, our Tennessee
1: fans – even taking Kentucky seriously, given that they have just won this series a lot over the history. No, I think Tennessee fans just are just expecting
3: to win this game. <laughs> That's Absolutely. so funny. They're, they're, they're expecting to go to Lexington and just beat their brains out. That's so funny. Um, no, no, I'm being sarcastic. Uh, uh, a lot of Tennessee fans are equally concerned about it. I mean, I, of course you're going to have, a, you know, some fans are like, Oh, we always beat Kentucky, but the level-headed fans know that this is going to be a tough matchup. And, and well, there's a lot of fans on the other side of, of, of the uh, coin with uh, Kentucky that are, you know, kind of mixed have mixed feelings on this game as well. And there's some that don't think they're, they're going to be able to win just because of the way the history has gone. But, I mean, I think this game is really, really tough to call. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, Alex, but the line going into this, like when the first came out, was four and a half point favorite for Kentucky. The line has since moved, and it's currently uh, Tennessee is a one-point favorite. So, the, the the money's been coming in on the Tennessee side, and now they're actually a, a slight favorite over Kentucky on the road, which means it in really is just it's a true toss-up game. It really is a toss-up game. I mean, it, it's it's really really hard to pick this one. I think that the two biggest the two biggest players in this game that are really going to ultimately decide it is. Len Bowden for Kentucky, and then Jawan Jennings for Tennessee. Those two guys really make those teams go. I think it's going to be a uh, – and also the defenses, I think, are both going to play really well. Tennessee's defense has gotten better over the course of the year. I think Kentucky's defense has gotten a little better too. Kentucky's coming off a bye. I mean, it is a true toss-up. I mean, I think it's going to be low scoring. I think it's going to be which offense can make the big play that separates himself from the other team. I mean, I think it's going to be a lot of – like
1: small yardage plays, I don't think there's really going to be a lot of explosive, you know, explosive plays in this game. Yeah, uh, this game is at six thirty central, which brings the most important question: uh, is th- how are you planning on watching this game, JB? Because this is uh, wedding Saturday for all three of us here, so I'm curious if you're going to bounce right after the wedding because I think the wedding's at five thirty. So you have enough time after the wedding to go straight to somewhere to watch the game. I'm just wondering what you're actually going to do.
3: Well, man, I mean, I also got people that are going to be with me too, that, you know, may not want to bounce either, but I can watch, I can watch the game on my phone and I'm, I'm perfectly content with that. Uh, I would never leave a wedding immediately after it's over. You know, it's not a funeral. I mean, <laughs> you definitely, you definitely stay at a wedding, you know, for a while afterwards. I mean, I think usually the minimum for most is stay at least an hour for the reception, at least an hour. But you know, if, if that happens, I would still have a chance maybe
1: to see some of the second half or at least the end of the second half of the game. Have you, and this is a little personal, have you confirmed or not confirmed that this wedding is going to be an open bar? I have not confirmed, but the closer
3: we get to the wedding, the more confident I am that there will be at least, you know, some alcohol there. I mean, I, it just depends. I, I mean, I, I just don't know if the family it, that you know, the serving us, you know, is going to be is a religious family. But I, I think that there will be some form of uh,
1: alcohol there, maybe like beer and wine. Will the whole Mister JB Brooks family be there in attendance? No. Okay, because I will say that, that kind of puts a damper on you enjoying yourself. I feel like no, it wouldn't. I it wouldn't matter to me. Hold smash. You've you've done this before where there's uh, been weddings and on fall Saturdays. How do you handle it?
2: Not very well. I'm <laughs> um, definitely not above um, watching games on my phone during a fall Saturday. Um, I'm also not opposed to sneaking in alcohol if there's not any provided. Um, you know what? Like, you're getting married on a fall Saturday, and I want to enjoy myself. So um, I'll come to your wedding, but I'm not going to like not watch football just because you're getting married. The only –
1: time I would feel a little guilty especially about the alcohol part is if this was in a church. I don't think this is in a church. I probably wouldn't drink in a church uh like that but um given that it's not in a the church then I don't feel as bad about uh
2: not even if it's wine.
1: I could do one outside the church but not in the church. I just feel I Yeah, feel- people drink wine in church all the time. Oh, oh I said not even if it's wine. Wine? <laughs> um Mm, maybe, but I, I feel like uh, you wouldn't be the type to drink wine and watch college football on your phone at a church.
2: <laughs> I mean, how well do you really know me? I guess, I guess not well <laughs>
1: enough. If you're going to drink wine, uh, you should probably drink <laughs> straight from the bottle, fancy with your pink. Yeah, cake. like I'm, I'm, look, I'm looking most forward to the cake. That's always my favorite part. is the cake. Yeah, we need, we need to figure out the the food too. Do we have the food figured out too?
3: No, I do not
1: have the food figured out. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't care about asking about it. I mean, I'm just gonna, you know, be thankful for whatever's there. Yeah, true that. Um, Other important game during this great wedding we're going. Actually, a couple. I didn't realize there's a couple. We'll we'll get to watch most of the um, Alabama LSU game if you haven't figured that part out because the wedding's at 5:30 Central and this game starts at 2:30. But those CBS games do like to run a little bit late, at closer to four. It's probably only going to be the first half, realistically. No we'll, we'll watch more. It'll we'll watch all probably up to the third quarter. I just don't think we'll see most of the fourth quarter just depending on how it goes because CBS games are never three hours seems like they're always at least three and a half if not four hours. Yeah, but also we
3: got a um, oh yeah what is it a 30 it's like a 35 40 minute drive
1: to get there. Oh
3: yeah so you probably have, we probably have to leave like probably around 4
1: 30 4, 45 to get there in reasonable time. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure that part out, the logistics of it all. But I am excited for this App State-South Carolina game. That's another game that will be going on right after this wedding um, gets started at 6 o'clock Central. Um, this is a game that uh, South Carolina needs really bad, and App State just came off of a loss against Georgia Southern at home for homecoming, and they were the group of five favorite before that loss, and they're uh, they're a pretty good team. And, uh Holt doesn't like Will Muschamp coaching, so I have a feeling he's going to lean towards App State in this game.
2: I mean, I, I wouldn't know if I – I don't know if I'd be leaning towards App State winning, but I definitely see this being a close, like, game. Um, I would be surprised if South Carolina came out and won this game convincingly. Um, I definitely expect a close game. Um, anything more than, like, ten points one way or the other would surprise me. I feel like this is a pretty even matchup. Um But, I mean, at the same time, I mean, South Carolina is a really big game for them. Um, If they're going to make a bowl game, obviously they have to win two of the last three, and this is by far the easiest game of the three. Um, And it's, you know, uh, maybe a little bit better than a toss-up. So, uh, you know, their bowl chances are not looking great, but I think they know that if they need to get to a bowl game, they're going to have to win this one.
1: Would we consider this a bad loss for South Carolina if they did lose to App State? Keep in mind that South Carolina South Carolina lost to North Carolina, and App State did beat North Carolina
2: at North Carolina earlier this year. I wouldn't consider it a bad loss, no. I mean, it's definitely not one you want to see. I mean, just – you know, it's a game you feel like they should win on talent alone. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, like, recruiting rankings aren't everything, but um, when you look at the recruiting rankings between these two teams, it's a pretty substantial difference. Um, so, you would think that – at the very least, South Carolina would just be able to out-athlete App State, even if, you know, they maybe don't have the best game plan or play their best game. You feel like they should still be able to, to out-athlete App State.
1: Yeah, that's what I would think to say. But sometimes a the, the really good group of five teams uh, can kind of figure out how to win even when they're not as athletic or don't have the best athletes. Um, so it would be interesting. dringlewitz uh, their App State coach is – a has a good offense running. So um, it'll be interesting to see their their offense going against South Carolina's defense or Will Muschamp's defense, I guess, because their defense has been playing, besides the Tennessee game, has been playing kind of well before that with Georgia and Florida. So um, I'd be interested to see that matchup, the South Carolina defense, while they're great athletes versus Ab states, um, high powered offense.
2: Yeah, and App State's defense has actually been really good this year, minus a couple games. It, it's, the defense has been, like, either dominant or, like, really bad. It's been kind of weird for App State. Like, you know, they struggle against Charlotte, North Carolina, and Coastal Carolina, and then maybe a little bit last week against Georgia Southern. But then they gave up three to South Alabama, seven to the UL Monroe, seven to Louisiana, and seven to East Tennessee. which, I mean, that doesn't really count. But, I mean, it's crazy how, like, they've pretty much been, like, hit or miss, like, every game. JB,
1: JB, if App State won this game and won out, going I guess they would go twelve and one with the conference championship, the Sun Belt. Uh, would they? They would still need a American Athletic Conference, either Cincinnati, Memphis, or Boise State to lose a game, right? To for them to be in consideration for that. Yeah, Olympics. yeah. App
3: State definitely needs a lot of help, definitely to uh, have a chance at uh, you know the New Year's Six slot. Uh, at this moment, I mean, I don't really see that happening. It's not even just about you know the record either. It's just about where they are in the in the polls, and I just don't see App State jumping Cincinnati or Memphis.
1: for Boise State too, or,
3: or Boise State, or even UCF. I bet UCF is probably still ahead of them in you know yeah. most people's minds. I mean, UCF's got two losses, and you know I think they're probably still ahead of App State. I mean, App State. I think, really blew it by losing to Georgia Southern. If they, if they had beaten Georgia Southern, I think they'd still be in position to have a, a legit shot
1: to make a New Year's Six. But I think their hopes are pretty much shot now. I don't know how much you watched that game, but I didn't realize until after the game I looked at the stats, their quarterback, Georgia Southern, only threw the ball
2: four times the entire game. I love their offense so much. Dude, like I, I, just, I love, like, the spread option. I just think that's, like, such a, like, fun offense to watch. You see, like – uh, obviously, two lanes coach Willie Fritz is formerly of Seward to Southern, runs a similar offense. And then, you know, you still got Bob Davy out at New Mexico. or I don't know. Is it New Mexico or New Mexico State? I can't remember. But um, he's at one of those two schools. I know that, like, if all the New Mexico and New Mexico State fans listening are going to be upset that I always get them confused. Um, <laughs> we do get a lot of hate mail from the from the Lobos and the – Yeah, no, the, the, kind the, of the non-Lobos. That's nice kid's <laughs> I don't know. Oh, the Aggies. It's the Lobos and the Aggies. There you go. Um, yeah, we do get a lot of hate mail from them. They are one of our bigger fan bases, so I do apologize for that. But I, Bob, whichever one Bob Davies is at, they run a version of it as well. And, man, when it's clicking, like, it is so much fun to watch. Like, I, I just like – it is so beautiful. Like – Did it? I, it? Like, I just wish that, like, a coach would come up with an offense where, like, they ran the spread triple option like is a it's like a running attack and then um like in the passing game had like a really good like spread vertical passing game as well like you would need like a really gifted quarterback to run it but man like that's just like like my wet dream is like someone run off like that
1: <laughs> correct me if i'm wrong but didn't butch jones run a spread offense like that jb no no his offense is definitely uh more read option
3: and pass oriented than, uh, you know, what Georgia Southern
1: All runs. I remember is uh, Dobbs and Jalen Hurd. Or Hurd <laughs> I was getting mixed up. Hurd running up the middle, like straight into the offensive line is all I remember. Every yeah,
3: time. that was definitely one of their favorite plays was handing the ball up the middle to Hurd for about,
1: you know, three yards every play. Yeah, so it's not the same version of the Georgia Southern offense, though. No, definitely not. I mean, they did run a lot of read options, too. But, um, yeah, a lot of the favorite plays was, you know, hurt up the middle for two or three yards. All right, so both the seven, 6 o'clock and 6.30 games are going to be good. App State, South Carolina, Tennessee, Kentucky. we got that covered. Um, Missouri, Georgia, are we going to see this as a blowout win? That's kind of how I'm thinking about Georgia Missouri. I think it's just going to be a slow, boring win uh, for this game, JB.
3: Yeah,
1: I mean, it, I
3: just – I don't really know – what the health status currently for Kelly Bryant is. I think Barry Odom updated this week that there's a good chance he will play, but it really all hinges on his health too, you know, how effective he can be. I mean, what, obviously we've seen how bad Missouri is without a healthy Ke- Kelly Bryant, so that's not good for them. And also uh, Missouri has really been a downfall these last few weeks. And Georgia, you know, I think they were a little bit rejuvenated now after winning that Florida game. Uh, they, you know, were able to get that big win. And Georgia is still very well in it for the college football playoff. I mean, they control—they're one of the you know the few teams in the country that control their destiny, and and they know that, and they know by winning out and winning big against teams like Missouri helps their chances. So I expect Georgia to come into this game, you know, really focused and, and prepared, and I think they'll be able to, uh, you know, put this game away, you know, early in the second half and uh, run away, probably win by twenty points.
1: Anything to add to that
3: whole?
2: I mean, only that if you look at Missouri this year, they've been a completely different team on the road than they have been at home. I'm not really sure what it is. At home, they've been a pretty dominant team. I mean, they pretty much handled everybody they played, um, including West Virginia, South Carolina, and Ole Miss, in addition to two non-conference games. And then on the road, they're 0-3 with losses to Wyoming, Vanderbilt, and Kentucky, So, um, including a blowout loss to Kentucky as well. So, I mean, you know, obviously a lot of that has to do – these last couple of weeks with Kelly Bryant being banged up, but I just wonder how much of it is uh, Kelly Bryant, how much of it is like just they just can't play on the road. I mean, you put those two things together um, going into this week and facing a Georgia team, you know, that's really loaded and has a lot to play for, and uh, they've kind of rejuvenated their season with the win last week. Um, you know, still in the playoff discussion, as JB mentioned. So um, definitely going to be a really tough matchup for Missouri this week. I'm really interested to see how they bounce back. Do they come out and do they put up a fight or do we get kind of a lackadaisical uh, Missouri team kind of just running out the stretch of the season?
1: Jamie talked about the SEC coaches on the hot seat earlier this year. I think you mentioned I mean, earlier this week as one of them, uh, but I really don't see a <laughs> where he gets fired unless I guess maybe if he loses out, but even then I just don't see it. Cause he, they really like him. I mean, The fans might not love him, but, like, he's still, like, a Missouri guy. So, I feel like he has a little bit of longer leash than others. But, I mean, if you look at they're supposed to lose to Georgia, Florida. They could lose to Tennessee, and they should beat Arkansas. So, they're looking at, what, um, seven wins, maybe seven and five, which is definitely. I mean, they're going to
3: get six or seven wins. But,
1: as you know, like, they're not
3: eligible to uh, go to a bowl this offseason. They have a one-year ban, so they're not even going to be able to play in any kind of postseason. I know that Missouri is still going through the appeal process. So maybe there's still an outside shot that they could go to a bowl. But as of now, uh, they're not playing anywhere after this season. Right. I'm not yeah.
2: like uh, I'm not like a fan of like advocating for coaches to be fired or anything like that. Um, <laughs> it's just like I don't understand why he sort of gets like a pass. Um, I mean, he's had two pretty solid teams in a row and is really underachieved with both of them. I know they've had some different circumstances this year with the bowl ban and then uh, Kelly Bryant getting banged up as well. But, you know, it, it just seems like they've – they've had some opportunities to be good and take advantage of the East being down and just haven't really, uh, you know, to get the, you know, they just kind of spin their wheels a little bit and haven't been able to take that step forward. You know, we've only seen flashes of it, like the, you know, the Florida game last year, um, you know, where they it really finally comes together for them. And, um, you know, you just start to wonder like, what, what is this tenure looking like? Where is it going? What's the direction of this program? Cause to me, so far, I mean, back to back underachieving years, and you've gotten worse. You know, you just at some point you just have to say like, what What is he bringing to the table? Like, why is he, um, you know, continuing to be an SEC coach when he's not? They should be eight and zero
1: right now. If you look at their schedule, they they lost to Wyoming to start the year off, and they lost back to back weeks to Vanderbilt and Kentucky, both on the road. But still, those are winnable games that they should have won. So, um, yeah, I don't I don't know either. Um, I don't understand.
0: Like they're just they're just
1: average or is What way I see them, and it's not necessarily a fireball offense yet. But it's just it's kind of like what you're saying. Holt, like where are you going? Who I mean, who knows what Missouri's gonna look like in a couple years if they're gonna compete in the SECs. I mean, I just don't see it. So I don't know what you want there in Missouri. Um, but they could they could win uh, against Georgia. I guess um, it's happened before. I feel like so maybe it can happen this week, but I doubt it. I just don't see it um other games new mexico state and old miss um pass yeah not a game we really want to talk about did y'all you know new mexico state is 0-8 and they might yes. be literally the worst team in college football right now
3: i mean they've pretty much been like the worst program in college football for a quite a long time now so i mean it's, it's not really any different this year i mean i mean
1: poor aggies like they just can't ever catch a break I mean, I I doubt there's much football talent in New Mexico um, to begin with. I guess you can maybe get California kids or Texas, maybe. I don't know. But it's just – it should be an easy win in Oxford this week. That's all I'm saying. Um, And please redirect. Yeah, I doubt doubt there's a lot of uh, players in the state of New Mexico, but maybe they could steal players from California or – uh, Texas, yeah, but it's just it's probably not not looking too great for New Mexico, um, but please remember to send all of your SEC slow smoked hate mail to at Holt Smash if you're a New Mexico fan. Uh, we understand he just he's not a fan of y'all, and just let him know how you feel. Move on to the other two SEC games. Um, I like to talk, talk about this one: Western Kentucky at Arkansas, only because I'm I'm here for the downward spiral of Arkansas. Um, we've gone come this far and I just want to we're all see here I want it. to see it cook, like hit rock bottom and we I don't know will, will we be there, JB, at rock bottom if they lose to Western Kentucky at home?
3: Yes. Uh it's not just because, you know, they're losing to Western Kentucky at home. It's also it's the quarterback that you know that pretty much, you know, got ran off in the program or I wouldn't say ran off of him, you know, he left the program, you know, willingly, me uh saying sarcastically. And uh, he's now the starting quarterback for Tyson Helton at Western Kentucky. And uh, they're having a quietly decent season, a five and four. Uh, they Last year, you know, Western Kentucky didn't go to a bowl. This year, they're fighting for a bowl bid and be a really great first season. You know, Ty story is going to come into this game really motivated. You know, it's his homecoming to Fayetteville. And it's funny, like, there's some Arkansas fans that commented on our uh, post, like, that they want Ty story to do well. And they, actually, some of them don't care if Western Kentucky wins, like, That's how much apathy is in Fayetteville right now. and I mean, Chad Morris has definitely killed the part that cares for
1: a lot of Arkansas fans. Yeah, we've talked about it uh, before, but I feel like it's like the national consensus now that Morris is going to get fired at the end of this year. Um, I mean, he should. I mean, I can just tell you he's not the guy. I mean, I think pretty much all Arkansas
3: fans will say the same thing, too. I try to be nice in the offseason, you know, and say that you got to give Chad Morris some time. But even deep down, like, I never believed in Chad Morris. I'm just trying to say it to try not to uh, get Arkansas fans, you know, too upset. Maybe that's kind of my fault. I probably should have just been brutally honest, you know, even when we were doing our preview. But I've just never have been a believer in Chad Morris. And when they hired him, he just doesn't exhibit the confidence, I think, that's needed to be a successful coach
1: in the SEC. I don't know. That's that's hindsight. I mean, that's that's easy to say now. I mean, I feel like you, you... – I didn't believe in him when they first hired him. Yeah, but, I mean, if you could go back, you, you you told everybody on the podcast and us offline about, like, Jeremy Pruitt's not the guy at Tennessee. And, like, slowly he's getting better towards the end of the year. And, like, you you were ready to fire Jeremy Pruitt after Georgia State. And now, like, he's a better coach at the end of the year. So, I mean, I, Chad Morris definitely isn't the guy now. I mean, that's clear. But, like, after year one, it's it's really tough to make that call. Because um, he definitely could have turned around and showed some improvement in year two, but I mean there hasn't been any. But it it, it was understandable in year one why they're so bad, just because the different style of offenses and the yeah. Of players. I mean, yeah, you look at Chad Morris. Like
3: the, the the high point of his tenure at Arkansas was their win against Colorado State this year. From both years combined, I mean that's that's not really how Arkansas fans want to have the program perceived as having a their biggest victory being over Colorado State.
1: Hold. if you were a uh, good group of five coach like Mark Norbell or another coach, would you want to go coach Arkansas? Would you rather
2: just keep winning at your group of five school? I mean, I guess it depends. I mean, I I still feel like Arkansas is a place where you can win. Uh, You're in the toughest division in college football, which is a challenge. But I feel like it's a challenge that a lot of coaches would be up for. Um, I just, you know, I think being able to coach against the best coaches in the country, against the best teams in the country – You know, a lot of coaches with their egos, I I just like would really embrace a challenge like that. And, um, you know, I mean, I could definitely see Arkansas attracting some really good coaches. Maybe not, you know, some of the best coaches in like the group of five already, but – or I'm sorry, in the uh, power five. But uh, I feel like a group of five coach would definitely, you know, want an opportunity like that. Um, You know, but some of them are smart and they wait for – Um, you know, like a big job to open up that they're able to take, you know, you look at like Herbie Smart. Um, I know he was a coordinator, not a head coach, but, you know, he had some opportunities uh, a few years earlier um, that he could have gotten out of Alabama sooner and uh, been a head coach at maybe a smaller school and probably Mm -hmm. wouldn't have had the same advantages, and he waited for uh, Georgia to come open and was able to, uh, you know, get a really good job and um, where it's a lot easier to win. So, I mean, you can kind of play both sides of it, but I think when you're a coach, especially in a group of five situation where, you know, maybe you don't have like that big contract yet uh, with the big buyout and all that stuff, you know, you just want that opportunity because you never know um, when you're going to have a bad season and teams are going to lose favor. And um, if you're ever going to be able to get a a job like that in the future, you know what I mean? Because you're always just one season away from everyone just taking your garbage again. It's like, uh, it's like
1: Mel Tucker leaving Georgia for Colorado. I mean, He's not doing great there now. He could have been just doing just fine at Georgia and had a lot better job security and probably put himself into a better either group of five job or even better power five job. But he wanted,
2: to yeah. The hell out of well, it. I mean, that's the thing is, it's all, it's kind of like the stocks, you know what I mean? Like you never know which direction your stock's going to go. You never know if it's going to go up or go down. You kind of just want to, uh, you know, cash out while uh, while you are up. Yeah, I mean, if they if they call if
1: they called me, I'd probably come coach coaching team for a couple million dollars, but um, that's just, you know, looking at your options versus uh, your options coaching at Arkansas and losing the SEC West versus your uh, your day job, and I think yeah. it'd be it'd be, that, it'd
2: be hard to... Everybody wants to be the man in charge, too. That's the other thing. Yeah. Like, when you're a coordinator, mm-hmm. like, at some point, you just get tired of being told what to do. You just kind of want to be running right right, your own show. That's...
1: that's when, I, when you say that, I think of Lane Kiffin, like, immediately because I feel like that's exactly what he got tired of, and uh, Tuscaloosa with Saban, and he just got tired of Saban telling him what to do all the time, and he wanted to like be in charge. And it just, I mean, because FAU, like now, it seems like a decent job, but like it definitely wasn't a good job before he got there, and it just kind of made your made you wonder because like he could have gone to LSU and been the offensive coordinator, got paid a shit ton to be their offensive coordinator, but he um, he held he just said no and went to FAU to be the head coach. It didn't make sense, but he just sounds like you want to be the man in charge.
2: Yeah, and I mean, there's definitely. You know, you can definitely understand it. I mean, you know, I mean, at some point you just get tired of people telling you what to do. I mean, yeah. I know that's how I am. Like, <laughs> yeah, It's a little different
1: for our jobs, too. I mean, like, it's like, like, at at Alabama, Lane Kiffin had, like, probably just say been telling him what to do. And Like, our jobs, we got, like, five or six managers telling us what to do. Right. So it's a little it's like that movie Office Space. Yeah. Like, you yeah. messed up.
2: You got, like, eight different people coming
1: to tell you about it? Yeah. You make one mistake. <laughs> you got, like, four people coming right back saying the exact same thing.
2: Like, you know, you – uh you those TPS reports out, right? It's like, man, I'd like, not to get too off topic, but some lady got on to me the other day, and I was just like, uh, I wanted so bad to point in my trash can and just be like, yeah, that's my comment box. Feel free to drop, drop a note in there. You know what, lady?
1: I got another gig, and it's going really well. Have you ever heard of a little thing called SEC Slow Smokes?
2: <laughs> what? That's you? <laughs>
1: Oh, shit. My bad, my bad. You have a nice day. (laughs) Vanderbilt at Florida, JB. Uh, Historically, this game, I feel like uh, Vanderbilt's actually given Florida a tough game more than you would think.
3: They have in the past. I mean, Vanderbilt's had a few games, you know, slip away against Florida. Of course, you remember the uh, game last year. uh, They had a big lead over Florida. And then Florida, you know, ends up, uh, you know, coming back and winning. And, of course, remember, this is the game when Derek Mason and Derek and Dan Mullen were jawing at each other before halftime. Derek Mason, you know, was getting in his face, and then Dan Mullen was hiding behind his assistant. And then, you know, and yelling back at, at Derek Mason. You know,
1: Dan Mullen did not want any
3: part of Derek Mason. I can tell you that.
1: This was when we were at Auburn game for Tennessee, right? That is correct. Yeah, we didn't really get to watch much of that game. But,
3: you know, we got to see highlights of it. We were definitely, you know, following it, you know occasionally checking our phones and seeing what the scores were. But this game this year, I mean, I I, I can't really give much of a chance to uh, Vanderbilt. but I think Florida, you know, is going to come into this one, you know, treat it like, you know, you know, as business. I mean, it's a conference opponent. You know, they're playing at home. And Florida can still have a really good season. I mean, I think they're probably still out of the college playoff hunts and obviously out of the SEC championship hunt unless Georgia, you know, just stumbles and loses two games the rest of the way. But, I mean, they, Florida can still have a good season and go to a, uh, another major bowl and, uh, you know, build on their record from last year when they finished, you know, with nine wins. They can finish with ten wins in the regular season this year. So, I mean, there's still, you know, a lot at stake for Dan Mullen to keep building this program, you know, forward.
1: Host
2: match, you still get a soft spot for Keyshawn Vaughn? Yeah, I definitely do. And th- this is kind of an intriguing matchup to me just because, you know, Florida, you know, had a lot of expectations. Um Couple weeks ago, you know they were undefeated. They had a big win over Auburn. Uh, you know, then they lose on the road at LSU. Really tough, hard fought game. They lose last week to Georgia. Really tough, hard fought game. And you know, I guess the East is technically still open and not decided. But I think everybody knows it's pretty much Georgia's to lose, and they're. I think everybody knows they're not probably going to lose it. Um, so I just wonder how Florida's bouncing back. Um, what are they? What do they look like? Um, do they take this opportunity to come out and say, "Hey, like"? you know, let's finish the season 10-2 and, and get into a New Year's Six Bowl game, or are they kind of down in the don'ts feeling sorry for themselves? they didn't get the win last week, and um, does the offense maybe lose a little bit of their uh, stinger after kind of being shut down last week by Georgia? Um, you know, I mean, I, just just some things that, you know, plus an 11-aim kick, um, you know, Vanderbilt's defense has really improved over the course of the season, and, um, you know, it's just I'm not saying that I think this is like, you know, an upset spot because I just think that Vanderbilt's just really just not a good team. Um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Vanderbilt was able to cover the 26 point spread. I mean, that's just, that's a really big spread for a conference game Florida coming off of really emotional game, you know, like on one hand, I can see them just coming out and like dominating this game. And on the other hand, I can see them kind of sleepwalking a little bit. So, um, you know, I hate to hedge my bet there, but I, I, I would definitely lean towards uh, Vanderbilt covering in this one. All right.
1: I got you there. Holtz, sorry, just looking at the national matchups while you're talking about that. Um, before we get in, that's all the SEC games, by the way, if you couldn't tell. A uh, few big national games uh, coming this week. The most important, or I guess the biggest one is the Penn State Minnesota game. Um, I'm guessing this is one where we think uh, Minnesota
2: and P.J. Fleck will come back to reality. Is that what we're going to say on this one? Yeah, I mean, I would think so. You know, Minnesota, I feel great, um, you know, for them and like what they've been going on. They've been, you know, they just signed uh, P.J. Fleck to a huge extension. Uh, I wonder if that's kind of like a little bit of a um, – you know, interesting timing by his agent to go ahead and sign that now, like while they're eight and before like the regular schedule kicks up. I I mean, I think, you know, I don't know if like he was the one floating PJ Flex name around for like the Florida State job or like some other stuff, but it's just really interesting that they would sign that extension like right now, like right when their schedule's getting tough. Just seems like a very convenient time for the agent to uh good timing. To try to go ahead and get that uh that extension. Um but that being said, um You know, this is obviously a huge game for Minnesota. I expect, like, probably one of the best crowds that stadium's ever seen um, is going to be in attendance for this one. Um, Big noon. Yeah, big noon Saturday. Uh, But, uh, you know, I'm really looking at Penn State's quarterback, uh, Sean Clifford. I mean, man, he's really come on this year. He started off a little bit slow, but his numbers are really impressive. He's already thrown for almost 2,000 yards, 20 touchdowns, only three interceptions, so really good ratio there. And um Penn State's offense has just been really explosive and uh Kane, the running back, has been pretty solid as well. So um, you know, I, I just I just think uh, Penn State's got a lot more firepower. Um, you know, Hamler, obviously a receiver is one of the best receivers in the country uh for Penn State. So um definitely the player to watch, mostly for Penn State. But um, you know, it's just I mean, I would love to pick Minnesota in this one. Their defense has been really solid and it's going to be a great home atmosphere, but I just feel like Penn State's defense is really going to make it hard for Minnesota to move the ball, and uh, Penn State really has an ability to create explosive plays, so um, I got to go with Penn State in this one. I know yep. we're not, like, doing picks yet, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'll go ahead and just say that we're picking – I'm picking Penn State in this one. Yeah, that was
1: more of a preview than a pick, but, I, I mean, I feel like I can jump the gun. That's fine. Uh, JB, I was thinking about this as he was talking. Um, I was listening to Holt, but I was also thinking too. Um, would I don't? I think the answer is no. But would PJ Fleck be the coach of the year right now? Um, he's definitely in the conversation. But I mean, it's
3: not just him, but also Matt Rule at Baylor yeah, has awesome. to be in the conversation as well. I mean, there's, and I mean, you could almost put Ordron on the list too. I mean, if they if, if LSU finishes undefeated, I mean, that's another coach you can think about as well. I mean, there's. There's a few of them. I mean, it depends which route, you know, the committee wants to go that, you know, that makes these decisions. But I would definitely
1: put Fleck in the uh, top three for sure. I like uh, Chris Kleinman at uh, Kansas State a lot. Yeah, he's things. having a
3: quietly, you know, good season. And I really did like that hire, too. It was it was slightly out of left field,
1: but I really like it. I mean, I like it now that he, they beat Oklahoma and they're doing well. But um, they um... – he is doing well this year. And then he was picked ninth in the big 12 preseason. And I don't know what they are now number like three in the big 12 and the only tough game left. They have Texas and Iowa state left um, Texas this week. This isn't
2: as good. I guess Texas isn't back is what we're saying. Right. A whole. I uh, know. Um, if the Texas back meter, um, was showing, it would read. Not really. Yeah, not, not really. Um, Besides
1: that big game, there's other big games that we'll talk about uh, in our picks. Um, We have, I think, eight games to pick this week, and we're excited about that. Um, Other big news, we talked about Florida State uh, letting or firing um, whatever the hell his name is. I can't think of his name right now. Uh, Taggart. Willie Taggart. Uh, Willie Taggart. Willie Taggart, thank you. Yeah, we talked about that, but uh, coaching candidates have come up which P.J. Fleck was one of them at one point, but he's since uh, signed that extension, so I don't think he's there. Um, do y'all find it funny that uh, Jimbo Fisher and Bobby Bowden are on, like, the odds odds list? Yeah, Bobby Bowden's name is really funny
3: to say on there, seeing the guy that's like, you know, 80. I don't know if he's 90 yet, but, I mean, he's almost a 90, so you can go ahead and rule that one out. But, I mean, I thought it was funny that his odds were so low, too, at 50-1. to 1. Like, who in the world made those odds at 50-1 to 1 for Bobby Bowden? Like, is he going to come back like, and be an interim coach for, like,
1: one game? I guess they wanted somebody to take it. But he is um, – I'm looking at it now. He is 89 years old, which is freaking old. He just – oh, shit, he's about to turn 92 because his birthday is on November 8th. Good Lord, he was born yeah, – I,
3: I got it right. Like, I had it. I knew he was almost 90 or had to be right, around the, right on the edge. So, that's close. I mean, you can't have a guy that old coaching football. He was
1: literally born in the Great Depression, 1929. Like, right after the stock market crash in 1929. That is – Right crazy, after the crash, man. man. That is crazy. He is freaking old. But, he, he's, hey, he's still going to be the coach um, at Florida State, I guess. Uh, I, I also want to touch on this. Uh, Stephanie George just talked about a few minutes ago about PJ Fleck signing the extension right before the Penn State game. I think that is an interesting time. I didn't think of it like that um, right before the Penn State game, but that is funny how that works out. Um, do you, would y'all – I don't know. For me personally, whenever I'm thinking about like coaches signing extensions to their team like that, when their name kind of comes up and um, other coaches co- or uh, other open coaching vacancies, I guess um, I'm of the opinion you can always sign an extension and get a raise with your current team and still get the job you want, even if you're cause, exactly because yeah. no matter what, if the co- if the school wants you, they're going to come pay pay whatever they want.
3: Yeah, exactly. I mean, if, 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 PJ Clack is looking after himself too, by. But... Signing the extension, it's not just security, but it's also a higher buyout. So if you know if he gets fired, he gets more money, and if another school comes after him and you know pays the buyout, you know that too. So I mean, it's 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 a win-win for P.J. Fleck, and and like all alluded to, <clears throat> and I thought of, I thought the same thing too. Like they he got that contract extension right at the perfect time, because like right now Minnesota is hitting the meat of their schedule, which they haven't really played a lot of you know really good teams so far this year. And now they're playing Penn state and they might get exposed this weekend.
1: Yeah, for sure. He did get a slight raise too. So um, I also wonder at what point are we going to like, are the coaches buyouts going to stop rising so much? I mean, we just got to Willie Taggart's $17 million buyout plus his staff too. On top of that, uh, which is second highest behind Charlie Weiss, but um, the buyouts keep going up and everybody still pays them. It's just, it's crazy. I, I'm wondering at what point do you stop with the buyouts getting so expensive? But, I guess, um, I guess when you have boosters that don't care about, don't care, like, super rich boosters that don't care about spending, you know, $20 million on a buyout, then it's it's not a big deal. But it's just, it's just interesting to think about for
2: me. Well, the other thing too is that like, when they make the hires and they sign the contracts with the buyouts, they all think that they're hiring the next friggin' Nick Saban. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like that's part of the thing, too, is they all think, like, oh, yeah, this guy's great. Yeah, it's like – uh, no There's no way we're going to have to pay this guy yeah,
1: out. He's
3: going to be great. Exactly. Like, we don't have to worry about this bio. Go ahead, sign it.
1: It's like when uh, Charlie Strong signed for Texas. I mean, he looks like a great coach at, from Louisville at the time, and he ends up not being a great coach at Texas. Kind of like Tom Herman now. He's not like – Tom Herman, I think, is better than Charlie Strong, but he's not the Tom Herman they signed when they, when they first got him. I mean, they thought Tom Herman was about to win Big 12 title after Big 12 title and compete with Oklahoma and they, they're not, they're not there yet with, uh, I mean, they beat Oklahoma, I guess, but they're not finishing in the top 10 every single year yet. I mean, I guess it's only his third or fourth year there, but. He's going to have
3: to show something next year for sure. I mean, he's going to have a lot of guys back next season too, but he's
1: definitely got to show some progress. Yeah, it is tough being a college football coach, but again, if Arkansas wanted to hire any one of us, um, i would be I'll be on board with. It. In fact, I'll be your offensive or defensive or even your special teams coach if they hire one of y'all. So you can you can hire me and just coach tight ends because there's still going to be a buyout once I get fired. <laughs> give me give me my forty five thousand dollar buyout right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll I'll, co- I'll
3: coach her for one game and y'all see how you know I'm a fraud. And then I'll get my buyout.
1: See, some things like I feel like I could do okay. Like I feel like I could like halfway get away get away with coaching basketball, even though you're more in the spotlight. But, um, football, like, I don't know. Um, some, I feel like some positions you could get away with like special teams or maybe even tight ends. Cause I feel like that's kind of something that a lot of people can do on their own, but, um, I don't know. I, I think it'd be fun just calling the plays as offensive coordinator, but like, I, I don't know how quickly you would get exposed as being like a, a assistant coach somewhere. Like, I know that sounds a stupid question, but I'm just curious, like how, quickly, it would go downhill for you.
2: Yep, I don't know.
1: (laughs) I guess I'm the uh, only one who thought about that one, or
2: that it was interesting. Anyway, I guess it's time for our World Famous Picks. Sorry, it's just, it's hard for me to pretend to be interested in things, and I'm not. Like, I feel like I could be, like, a good co-host and, like, (laughs) act, like, super excited about all that but I just I didn't really have anything to say I was really hoping JB was about to say something but then he didn't so I was like, I was like all right <laughs> cool let's I think him. I think JB was like he was like all right I'll hold on does
1: say anything because I really want us to feel this one <laughs> <laughs> so you just need to let it let me feel it all right we have eight games to pick this week and um, Holt smash I think it might be your turn to remind everybody while we're picking these motherfucking games
2: yeah, so and we have, have a season long bet.
1: I'm sorry, what? You, you do have to sound a little bit excited for this one.
2: Yeah, well, I am excited. No. Um so this is um a season long pick contest between JB and I. Um the loser has to wear the uh, logo wear and apparel of the other team's of the other person's favorite team and take a picture make it their Facebook and Twitter profile picture for one month. Um, so definitely um, not fun, especially for me because I really hate Tennessee. JB's kind of indifferent towards Mississippi state, which is interesting why we picked this. I don't remember exactly. I think we just like uh, just ran out of ideas and we just thought this is the best way to do it. Um, but it's been very back and forth. Um, seems like, uh, every week it's, uh, jumping back and forth. Um, JB was up by five games at one point. I came back and took the lead. JB took the lead back. Last week I took a one game lead, um, back over JB, going three and one last week. Um, unfortunately USC did let me down. Um, otherwise it would have been a clean sweep. Um, I had a pick six and then a, a kickoff return for a touchdown in the first half, um, they actually played pretty well in the first half, and then second half they just got absolutely housed by Oregon. So, a little disappointed in my guy Clay Helton, future Memphis coach. Um, no, we're and, getting uh, we're getting you freeze. We're getting freezes. <laughs> no man, freezes going to Forest State.
1: <laughs> and that's where Norvell's going. You're getting all me. Dan Nolan would love that too.
2: If if Hugh Freeze the to Forest State, like I'm maybe seriously dying. like that might be like the most awesome thing like I've ever heard if that happens. Are you just talking about just for the, like, Dan Mullen-Hugh Freeze robbery? Yeah, just for, like, the whole Dan Mullen-Hugh Freeze rivalry to kind of be, like, reunited. Like, I feel like Dan Mullen would probably be the most upset person in the world if that happened. <laughs> he doesn't – I mean, he beats, he
1: beats Hugh Freeze, though. I mean, like, they go back and forth with each other, at least. Yeah. Now, that series
3: is pretty much split with Hugh
1: Freeze and Dan Mullen when they play each other. Yeah. So, I mean, it's – I mean, I don't know why I would hate it so much unless he hates Hugh Freeze personally.
2: I mean, I feel like he does. He definitely does. Yeah.
1: Well – he definitely ain't gonna fight him. He might, actually, he might. He might step in front of his assistant coach to fight Hugh Freeze. He's not gonna hide behind his assistant coach for him.
2: Yeah, yeah, that was pretty funny last year um, in that Vanderbilt game when he was. I think it was Grantham. He was hiding behind. Like he like like Derek Mason was like saying something to Mullen, and then Mullen just kind of like looked the other way. And then as soon as Mullen got like like <laughs> behind the coach, like where Mason couldn't get to him, he like all of a sudden had like a whole bunch to say. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's just – that's how it goes sometimes. I mean, I feel like you could always get your football players involved too. Like, hey, go tackle him. <laughs> or you fire. Yeah. Go Bobby Boucher him.
2: Yeah, that's definitely the the uh, X's and O's nerd versus the uh, former player <laughs> yeah. situation. It's like,
1: man, I've, seen, I've seen his post-game hype speeches. I, I ain't ready for this right now. <laughs> I ain't ready for this. All right, we got eight games to pick this week. And you'll be happy to know, JB, that I am picking – or I'm letting you two pick the exact game, game via text, so there's gonna be no surprises on your end. Which games to pick? Yeah. So, but you said eight games. There's actually ten games that we're picking. Mm, you had. I know you definitely had a duplicate in there of uh, Iowa Wisconsin in there. So. Uh yeah okay never mind so it's nine games. Well, I still have eight, so I don't know. There's a game I'm missing, but I'm okay with it at eight right now. So we'll just Well, I'll, I'll keep tabs on it. Then uh, at the end, we'll figure out which one you're missing. All right, let's go. First game of the pick is Baylor at TCU. Baylor's undefeated, JB, but TCU um, is not the underdog by that much. Who you got?
3: TCU's at home. This is a rivalry game. Baylor's going to be knocked off the unbeaten
2: ring. So I'm going with TCU. I like it. Paul, who you got? Um, I got Baylor in this one. Nice. Uh, Matt Roll, great coach. Um, Got a couple extra days to prepare for this one since they played on Thursday night last week. So just a little slight advantage for Baylor in this one. And, um, you know, I love Gary Patterson as a coach, but this team is not as good as some ones in the past. And um, I I just, I think, I don't think Baylor's going to finish the season undefeated, but I do think that they stay undefeated for this week. All right,
1: Kansas State at Texas State in the Big 12. Holt, who you got?
2: Yeah, I got Texas in this one. Um, I would love to pick Kansas State. I really would. I'd be happy to see them win it, but I just feel like Texas is a little bit more talented, and, um, you know, they've not really been playing well the last couple of weeks, uh, obviously with the loss of TCU a couple of weeks ago. So, um, got to give um, Texas the nod in this one at home over Kansas State. JB? Got to go with Texas, too. Unfortunately.
1: Unfortunately. Wake Forest at Virginia Tech. I like this game. This is a good pick Uh Wake Forest has lost one game, but Texas Tech has been on the up and up after kind of starting the season bad. Um, so, I'm excited to see your pick. JB. who you got? Yeah, Virginia Tech, uh, you know, had a close game with Notre
3: Dame last week. They've gotten better as the season's progress. But Wake Forest is really one of the more surprise teams,
1: and I got to go with Wake Forest here. Whole Smash, do we think uh, Dave is a good coach? I think so, and I think uh... he got Fulmer fired.
3: Did he? Yes, he was the offensive coordinator in Fulmer's last year, and that was when they called it the claw fence, and uh, that team ended up – that offense that that year was, like, one of the worst offenses he's ever put on a field, and it ultimately got Fulmer fired. He must have been young then. He had came. He had come from Richmond. He was the Richmond Spiders head coach, and then went to Tennessee to be the offensive coordinator.
1: It's funny. Uh, and he was trying. To, he he uh, turned down the Tennessee job and won a lot of other coaches. Um, that's crazy. Crazy to think about. Long time ago.
2: Uh,
1: Wake Forest at Virginia Tech. Hold Who you got? You like Dave Clawson? I heard.
2: Uh, not so much the coach. Um, JB kind of pulled a fake on me right there for a second. I thought he was about to pick Virginia Tech. I got kind of excited, but um, I. I'm going to go with Wake Forest in this one. Not a lot of love nationally for Jamie Newman, but dude's having, like, a great year. Uh, the junior from Graham, North Carolina, having a really good year. Um, 20 touchdown passes, five interceptions, having a really good year. And uh, Wake Forest is averaging 510 yards of total offensive game. Virginia Tech only averaging 375. So, um, really big advantage for the Wake Forest offense, even though they're on the road. Um, You know, everybody talks about how great it is when Virginia Tech comes out to enter Sandman, but they haven't really been that great of a home team uh, the last 10 or 15 years, believe it or not. So um, I'm going to go with Virginia Tech in this one. I think Virginia Tech – I'm going to go with Wake Forest in this one. I think Virginia Tech's home field advantage is a little bit overrated. And you don't have to laugh every time I mess up, like I mean, this is. Like, I feel like I feel both y'all kill me every time I mess up. It's just like, bro, it's not that funny. <laughs> no, it's why not, is like why is me like stumbling over my words like so hilarious to you guys? Man, like, it's, okay. it's, it's okay, man, people mess up. You
1: don't have to get like all butthurt because we laugh at you. Well, if it's not that big of a deal,
2: then why are you laughing about it?
1: Because it, I mean, it's funny. It's funny. <laughs> like you, just, Dude, you your fucking face is time. funny. You, contradicted, you're like, man, I, I thought he was thought he's gonna pick Virginia Tech for a second. You were talking about Wake Forest, and then I'm going to have to go with Virginia State in this game. I just thought that was funny.
2: Dude, there is nothing funny about picks, all right? This is serious shit. Serious shit. You're
1: really going to have to wear a Tennessee shirt and jacket this year and a hat and everything, man. That is serious. Um, speaking of Tennessee, we got Tennessee and Kentucky next. Are you going to pick Tennessee for this game?
2: Dude, I have to pick Tennessee in this one. I don't want to, but I have to. Because um... of the history? It's just – no, not really. Actually, I just – I feel like Tennessee's defense has really improved over the course of the season, and I just – I don't know. Like, I just feel like they're trending in the right direction. Uh, The offensive line has come together a little bit. Um, I still have some questions about Tennessee's offense. Um, I think it's going to be a really low-scoring game, but I just – I have a gut feeling Tennessee's going to win this game. Ooh, JB, you thinking the same?
3: Yeah, I am feeling the same. It's not really all just history. I mean, I know, I know Tennessee has the history of beating Kentucky. But also, I mean, I think Tennessee's defense is slightly better than Kentucky's at this point. And also, I think on offense, uh, the, the difference is that you got, Lynn, you got Lynn Bowden playing a quarterback, a wide receiver. So, you obviously, you know, you got, it's more predictable. You know what they're going to do. And I think Pruitt's going to be able to scheme around it and, you know, be prepared, you know, what's coming at him. But on the flip side with Tennessee, like, Tennessee's going to, you know, run the ball or throw the ball down the field. And I think, you know, with Tennessee offensive line, they're going to be able to control the tempo a little bit and be able to get enough runs that they'll be able to take enough shots downfield. And I think Tennessee might get one or two big plays on the field that will ultimately make a
1: difference. And I think Tennessee wins in a close one. No differences. Uh, App State? Yes. Yes, we have one difference so far. Well, no differences besides the one – at the beginning, we're Baylor and TCU. Thank you, JB. Hold. If you want to laugh at me messing up, you can. That's a perfect time. But you don't have. To. <laughs> you don't have to if you don't want to. Hold. App State at South Carolina. JB, who you got? Gotta go with the Cox. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's a tough one.
3: I really, really wanted to pick App State, but uh, I gotta go with South Carolina. I mean, just they're more talented. They're at home, and this is a must-win game for the game, Cox. I mean. I mean, I, I don't think they're going to the bowl now, right now, but if they lose this one, they're definitely not going to the bowl. I mean, that's just – you know, just by a matter of fact, like if they lose, they're not going.
1: Hold smash.
2: Yeah, I do agree with all of my points that J.B. regurgitated from what I said earlier when we were talking about this game. There you go. Uh, I am going with South Carolina also. Like y'all fade off each other. It's nice. It's beautiful. Penn
1: State at Minnesota, the – original game day game maybe, but
2: not really if that was Alabama Penn state
1: at Minnesota. I think I know you're going to pick Holt, but go ahead.
2: Yeah. I believe I already said it earlier in the podcast, but I am going with Penn state in this one. Um, they're going to get a big road win big noon Saturday, Sean Clifford, um, is going to have a big game. And, um, I just trust Penn state's offense a little bit more than Minnesota's. I think both defenses have been really good this year, but I think, um, Penn State's going to be able to create more explosive plays in this game, and that's why they're going to win. JB?
3: Yeah, you know what? I think I'm actually going to go with uh, men. I mean, Penn
1: State. <laughs> Trying to throw a little fake on you there. Ooh. <laughs> JB's got the jokes today. I'll give him a second to catch up with this. If laugh. I'm good. All right, cool. Uh, the SEC Slow Smoke Game of the Week, LSU at Alabama. JB, who you got? I've got – you know what? Let's go with LSU. Yeah, they say fuck it sometimes.
3: I'm going to, I'm going to go with LSU. I just think this is – they finally are going to put it together. And I think – I just think they're a slightly more complete team than Alabama. And I just – they got the special swag to this team this year that they haven't had in a long time. And they're playing with so much confidence. I mean, I think LSU is up to challenge, and I think they're going to go into Tuscaloosa and get –
2: A monumental victory. Monumental. Holt, do you agree? Hell no. I'm going with Alabama in this one. I don't pick against Alabama ever. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like,
1: unless Alabama loses, why would you pick against them?
2: Well, the other thing, too, is that nobody's been watching Alabama play this year. I mean, like, none of their games have been exciting at all. They pretty much just killed everybody they played. It's just been uh, really boring. Maybe, like, the first quarter of the Ole Miss game, like, that's about it. Um, that's, like, really the only time they've been in any kind of danger of losing a game. Um, they just I, – I just really enjoyed the receiver play. I mean, LSU's got some great receivers, but Alabama is still, like, a step above. Um, even if Tua doesn't play, those receivers are still good enough to make things happen on their own. And um, I still – you know, I mean, look, Nick Saban versus Ed Orgeron, I mean, that's just – I mean, I'm sorry, but that's just not even the contest. Like, Nick Saban is one of the greatest – probably the greatest college football coach of all time. Edward Orgeron is a core character, so I'm going with him in this one.
1: But he's got the he's got the great assistance Hold, he's got the great assistants that are doing the coaching
2: for him. Yeah, well, I mean, when there's a big situation on like when to go for on a fourth down or when to call a timeout or something like that, I just don't trust Edward Orgeron to make the right decision. Do you think he tries to call Saban up during that time? Like, Hey,
1: Saban, what should I do? What should I do? Also, I wouldn't
2: put it past him to get like super conservative in this game and try to run the ball like 40 times.
1: Nothing makes me more mad when coaches get super conservative with like not even that big of a lead. Like if it's fourteen, they get a fourteen point lead and it's like the third quarter, it just makes it. Yeah,
2: Alabama just has a middle edge in this series as well. Um LSU's taken some really good teams to Tuscaloosa, some really good offenses and really struggled. Um, you know, I think about that. Um the year with Zach Mettenberger and um, Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry when they went up there and got beat pretty bad and then you know, I think about that Leonard Fournette team when he was having the great year and was a Heisman Trophy uh, front runner all season and went up there and rushed for, like, 30 yards. And Alvin won that game easily. So, you know, you just start thinking about, like, you know, this isn't the first time that we've seen this situation. I know it is a different LSU team this year. I do agree with that. But at the end of the day, um, LSU hasn't seen a defense as good as Alabama's. And, um, you know, not that Alabama's a great defense this year, but – um, I just I just trust um I trust what they're doing. I mean I take that back. Auburn's defense is better than Alabama's, but I think Auburn showed that you can slow down LSU's offense a little bit. So and obviously this game's on the road as well, so going with Alabama.
1: All right. Thanks for the quick answer, Holt. Um yeah, before uh before this little a game win streak. Uh, Alabama's got on LSU. LSU kind of, uh, I wouldn't say owned the series, but they had an upper hand, and they have definitely lost that. Uh, As an upper hand since, like, 2003. I'm looking at the series right now. 2003 to 2011, uh, LSU only lost Alabama twice, and they won, looks like, seven times. So it went 7-2 over over that. And JB has one more game. He's let me know that he wants to pick. We have two more, actually. Um, Two more. Oh, two more. Let's see if I can pull up both of them. Yeah, more, more, uh, yeah I mean, I think both of these games are legit to pick. When you say Alex, we'll start with Iowa, Wisconsin. I thought whatever over this, but I think I skipped it. I have it on my sheet at least. Uh, so <laughs> go ahead, JB.
3: <laughs> Much to Holt's dismay, I got to go with Wisconsin to this one.
2: Hold smash. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Iowa in this one. Uh, I think they're gonna get the big win on the road. Um, Wisconsin season is pretty much shot now they lost to Illinois they got blown out by Ohio State. Um, I think Iowa is in a position to pull a big upset on the road here in a big robbery game. Um, A lot of people are leaning towards Wisconsin in this one. uh, but I'm not really sure why I think. uh, I, I mean, I think it's gonna be a really low scoring ugly game. But uh, I like Iowa to get the win in this one.
3: God, I'm going to hate Iowa's guts if they if, if Iowa ends up winning this game after I picked against them. That means that would I would have lost three games against Holtz because of <laughs> Iowa.
1: I, I think it might happen too. I it can't. probably will happen. It'll be
3: it'll be good humor, but my God, I'm
2: I will absolutely <laughs> hate Iowa if this shit happens. I'm not gonna lie, I only picked Iowa because you picked Wisconsin. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good one. Uh, uh... <laughs>
1: Let's see. The other game, final game, is Western Kentucky at Arkansas, the Toilet Bowl of the week. JB, who you got?
3: I'm going to go with Western Kentucky. I think Ty's story has a storybook ending, and he's going to win against Arkansas in Fayetteville.
2: Oh. No, I'm going with the Hogs in this one. Um, I think Rakeem Boyd has a big game. I think they give him the ball like 50 times. and um, <laughs> 50 times. Yeah, I think he's going to rush for like 250 yards in this game. Um, I think Arkansas is finally going to get the offense going a little bit um, against a lesser opponent. You know, Western Kentucky hasn't really been that great this year, and no one's really been talking about it. But, you know, San Jose State's actually had a pretty solid season this year. I think San Jose State might be a little bit of a better team than uh, Western Kentucky. So I'm actually going to go with the Hogs in this one to get the win at home. Even though it seems like their season's over, I think that a lot of their players are pretty upset about the last few weeks, and they're really looking forward – for an opportunity for someone else to be the punching bag instead of them. So I'm going to go with Arkansas on this one to get the win at home.
1: All right. So we, I think we have like what, four games that are different, JB. We have TCU Baylor, Iowa, Wisconsin, LSU, Alabama, and Western Kentucky, Arkansas. So, yeah, so we
3: got a difference of four games between me and Holt. So as I called it last week, and I'm going to call it again this Saturday, it
1: is another separation Saturday
3: between me and Holt.
1: Yep, and you're running out of Saturday, so it's getting kind of fun now. It is.
3: Holt's got a, he's clinging to a one game lead. This is the week I need to get three out of four and uh, take
1: my one game lead back. Yeah, for sure. Any final words before we uh wrap this one up?
2: You got anything else you wanna laugh about?
1: No, I'll probably uh hang up and laugh though afterwards, just so I don't have to hear you complain about me laughing too much.
3: I think we have nothing else to add, but we will be seeing you on uh, Friday night or Saturday. Alex, isn't that correct?
1: Yeah, probably Saturday right before the wedding
2: is what it's going to be like. Sounds great. So wait, you're just going to come for the wedding and then like leave immediately? I mean, not immediately. I'll be Sunday, but like...
1: So you're only going to be here Saturday and then going back Sunday? Pretty much. It's, uh, it's tough getting there late Friday, so... Um... I mean I could do it, but I wouldn't get there till like midnight probably or after midnight.
2: Oh, is Homegirl
1: coming with you? Yeah, that's the that's the point. Okay. So we're only gonna see you like at the wedding. Like that's it? I mean we can hang out we can hang out before the wedding and after the wedding and
2: um we can go to church together on Sunday.
1: <laughs>
2: it, I don't know if your definition of church and my definition of church are the same thing.
1: We'll um we'll figure it out. We'll compare notes. All right. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will see you all in a few days. Peace.
0: Thanks for tuning in to another outstanding episode of the SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. Be sure to rate us and subscribe on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SEC Slow Smoked. Spread the good word on this podcast like the chili and cheese on your fries. If you like this podcast, tell a friend, because there's plenty to go around. Oh, yeah.